Hey everybody, this is Billy from the Fanable Solo Shot, and I'm here with the magical and wonderful Angela. Hey Angela, how's it going today? I bet you say that to all your GMs. Oh, you know, only the pretty ones. <laughs> so it's only you and Jesus. There you go. <laughs> we just reached our mid-season finale. Yep. I think it was very exciting. We were planning on just continuing right off the bat with more adventures, but we both got horrifically sick. And we're doing some moving around, so we figured we will take this week off and come back to you guys when we're 100%. But seeing that we didn't really want to leave a Thursday without something to talk about, or you not hearing our beautiful voices, we decided to do a solo shot mid-season finale Q&A. So I'm going to read off some questions that we got off uh, from Twitter and from our Discord channel. The Discord channel, in case you haven't heard about that before, is a new benefit for our Patreon donors. If you back us on Patreon at any level, us being fandable in general, not just the solo shot, uh, you will get a link to be invited to our private Discord server where we talk about our pets, those come up very often. We talk about recent games. People uh, look for groups to run games online. So it's a really cool group. So join us on Patreon if that sounds like fun. Yes. And now that our plug is out of the way, first, before we get to the questions, Angela, how do you feel about the solo shot? I'm having fun. I'm having a very fun time myself. Uh, when Angela first suggested a two-player game, I'm going to admit I was kind of a little hesitant. I was like, I, I don't know if this is going to be fun. But then she said, you'd be the star. And I'm like, okay. And it would be Star Wars. Well, yeah. Well, we decided on that. We were uh, There's a couple of ideas that we threw in the mix of like what we would play. And we even tried a solo shot kind of thing before with uh, Hollow Earth, mm -hmm. just you and me. With Billy as the GM. Yes, I wasn't very good. That's but, not true. I think we the the foot the footage wasn't that great. It was it was good, but I thought we could do better. We had Hex. We also had Demon the Fallen, the old World of Darkness setting, which I actually love more than Demon the Descent. Um, and then saw uh, Star Wars, and I was like, I want to be an Inquisitor. And Angela was like, All right. So it's been really fun. I, what I've enjoyed a lot about it is I, I get to share a hobby with my wife. You know, she's always gone to the movies with me, and then whenever I geek out about something, she'd be there and nod sympathetically towards me. But this has been really kind of cool where she's like, hey, did you read about the Gamorreans? And I'm like, I know all about the Gamorreans and all that stuff. Until I get to say something, and he's like, no, what's that? And I'm okay. like, ha, ha That happened like one time. And it became a huge plot point for the first half of season two, so you're welcome. Okay, never mind. I hate what we're doing now. <laughs> Well, with that said, I just want to first say um, thank you to our listeners, but I also want to say thank you to Angela for making this a really fun experience for me. Yeah, I... Don't fall in love. <laughs> that leads to the dark side and pain. Trust me, I, I learned that, Yoda. You're right. So getting to the questions, then, let's start with an easy one. Maya, uh, let's start with you. Uh, she asked on Twitter, what's your favorite part about recording with just the two of you? I think I kind of already answered that. I really enjoy sharing a hobby with my wife. Also my best friend and probably one of the best GMs I've ever had the pleasure of being uh, with. So I know that's a lot of just sucking up towards her, but she's amazing. So Aww. I think anybody would be fortunate to be able to have a one-on-one -on -one game with Angela. And the fact that I get to be that and we get to share something, it's great. And from the GM's perspective... Any good GM is going to constantly be in conversation with their players, figuring out 
where does the player want to go with their character? What sort of, of misadventures or adventures do they want to happen or have happened in that character's past? But in a traditional gaming group, you've got four, five, six characters that you need to balance. So what I really enjoy is I get to dive in really deep with one character. So uh, we've got some really fantastic compliments. Thank you so much to everybody who has said Castian is such an interesting character to listen to. He's so deep. And a large part of why we can explore Castian so deeply is because there's no competition. Chris Ng from the oh, Silhouette Zero. He also uh, wrote to us on Twitter and he's asked... When are we going to do a two-player crossover event? Ah, so we're taking the CW approach of things. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Silhouette Zero is another two-person Star Wars podcast. It's the Ing Brothers. Uh, I hope that I'm saying your last name correctly, guys. And lots of fun. Uh, I would say I think that the primary issue might be I don't think we're in the same era. But if you have a reason to be in two years before Battle Yavin, give us a holler and we will see if we can work something out. But also Chris and I would obviously have to have a battle to the death to see who would GM the story. Mm-hmm. But I've mentioned this on Twitter before, but I want to reemphasize it here. First of all, the Star Wars podcasting community as a subsection of the tabletop role-playing community is awesome. I have never seen so many people when someone's like, oh, I'm thinking about doing a Star Wars podcast. Everyone's like, here's every resource I've ever run across for running Star Wars. People are super hyped about this game and they're super hyped about adding new people to the community. But what's also great is that we all know there's 5,000 D&D podcasts out there, for example. And while there are different D&D settings, there's homebrew, there's lots of different options there. There's still a lot of the same feel to a lot of them. It's a fantasy world. There's fantasy races. There's lots of Shadowrun podcasts. They're all set in Seattle in the couple range of a couple given years. In Numenera, there is an established world for all of your different adventurers to explore. So even though you, you, you turn into those because you either really like those tropes or there's characters that are doing really interesting things. And then you get to Star Wars. And I swear, I have yet to run into two podcasts that are doing the same type of story in the same era. Not only do we have three distinct eras of films to explore, but then there's the interstitial period between all of those films. Plus, then the game itself comes at three different power levels, whether you want to, I call it, do you want to play Han Solo, do you want to play Princess Leia, or do you want to play Luke? And then Billy and I give it an additional twist. We're like, oh, yeah, we're doing the Force and Destiny, but we're playing it on the dark side, which I haven't seen anybody do at any level in any era yet. So thank you for listening to the most original Star Wars podcast of them all. I know, a redemption story from the dark side. Who would have thought? But it's, that's what I love about this community is, A, everybody seems genuinely willing and excited to help each other. And there's no competition between us because it's like, yep, if this, t- if, if a story of smugglers three years after, after the Battle of Yavin isn't your bag, then maybe you want to go listen to something set during the Clone Wars or something that's set just before uh, The Force Awakens begins, something like that. So lots of different options. And that was my really long way of saying you guys should go listen to Silhouette Zero if you like two-person Star Wars games. And if you like an adventure during the Clone Wars, before the Clone Wars, possibly, hopefully, after the Clone Wars, I would also recommend the Redemption Podcast. They've had us on. They're great people. 
Except for you, Tazzy. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? All right, we have another question from Twitter, and it's Weapon Prime. I, I believe I said that right. It could be Primi. Do you wish the new movies were based off the old Legends canon, also known as the Expanded Universe? Angela? I know nothing about the Expanded Universe, so I know that Chewbacca got a moon dropped on him. I know. It was heroic. I know that the courtship of Princess Leia by Han Solo had some uh, problematic elements, as we would call it today. It's true love. And there's Mara Jade. She's a person. She's the best person. Thrawn is a person. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Well, if that uh, eloquent answer, I'll go to me. I would say, surprisingly, I... Anybody who knows me, I would say I loved the Expanded Universe. And it had missteps. It always does. I wrote an entire article. Uh, the first thing I want to say is there's people who say, like, what? There's an Expanded Universe. There was, like, a crying moon because it was on a cartoon. And I was like, you don't understand what canon is. The Expanded Universe had, like, several different layers of canon. Those were things like first layer was absolutely canon. This is 100%. This will affect every future Star Wars book. And then there was canon, like... A crying moon uh, for the Ewok cartoon. And it was like, no, that's clearly not canon. That's just fluff. Also, the comic where Han Solo crashes on the Earth and is discovered by Indiana Jones later in the future. That's also fluff. So canon was good. Not to say that canon, all canon was great, but I, I liked what they were doing. But surprisingly, I'm going to say I don't think Disney sh- could have used canon. Um, that ship had sailed. Like, if we wanted the Thrawn trilogy to take place, it needed to come, God, 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, when we had a younger Luke and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, all that stuff. But unfortunately, that just wasn't in the cards. So I understand why they made new canon. Now, the question is, do I like the new canon? And I don't. I don't think they've done a very good job at building on the previous movies. And I don't think they've done a good job at feeling like a new trilogy. They had the first movie, Star Wars 7, and it was fine. It was pretty much a new hope, but it was fine. It was a new hope, but it wasn't as good. It was like the knockoff new hope. And I'm like, okay, you know what? At least I felt like Star Wars. And then they had a second film that really felt a little bit like, hey, you know that last film we did? Fuck it. And just kick it in the nuts and then made its own story. Whereas A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back felt like a coherent story. They built on this. This one, it feels like they don't want to work together. Like all the directors have their own vision. And I just don't like it. But I can go on forever saying why I don't like it and all that jazz. I know I'm going off on a tangent. Going back to the original question. I understand why they didn't use the expanded universe. I'm sad they didn't. But I don't know what they could have done. Other than maybe set Star Wars like 150 years in the future. And that would have been interesting. But you wouldn't have been able to really grab Han Solo or Leia, Luke, maybe through holograms and stuff. Or Carbonine, I guess. So I'm a little disappointed. But that doesn't mean I like this new canon. I think they haven't done a very good job at establishing it. Next question. Ah, part-time geek. You you drowned us in questions. First off, do these Gamorrean battle armor pants make your last look fat? Yeah, it does. Uh, the second question, what voice mod and sound effects software do you use for the show? And how long does editing with the sound effects usually take? Well, uh, I guess I'll answer this one since I do a lot of the editing. Well, we use Audacity because we're cheap. 
Uh, but it also is Audacity is a great program. A lot of professionals still use Audacity, and it's exactly what we need. Uh, we also use something known as the Levelator, which is basically once we're done editing, we run it through the Levelator, and it kind of brings everybody to the same level. It's a great little cheat that we found. Once we're done doing that, then I usually put it on an editing program, whatever. I, sometimes I use Audacity. Sometimes I use Camtasia, which is mostly for videos. And I use sound effects I grab from uh, freesound.org. Um, also, we have Incompetech music. Kevin McLeod is a genius, so we use a lot of his music. And that usually takes just another four hours. So all in all, if it's an hour-long episode, which we're doing more and more of, it could take about 12 hours to finish. Sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's quicker. It depends on how much I stumble over my own words, which, people, it's a lot. Oh, this is a good one for Angela. Will you be using more or less canon material? Or will you possibly use some Legends material in the solo shot? Well, we have already used Legends material in the solo shot, especially in Season 1, as both Brandel and Tremaine are Inquisitors from Legends. Billy introduced me to both of them. So that was Season 1. Uh, season 2, since we've kind of gotten away from the Empire, it's been more original stuff. We do a good job at mixing them, I'd say. Like, the Inquisition from the Expanded Universe had none of this fifth brother, sixth brother, seventh sister stuff. But they also didn't have anything like Grand Inquisitor Tremaine or Grand Inquisitor Brandle. Basically, what we've done a lot of is combine them together and try to see if we can make them work together, which is, I think, the best sort of thing you could do. Because the Expanded Universe is a rich fountain of stuff. But it also means that we can pick and choose. You know, we're not, we're definitely not a podcast that is concerned with sticking super strictly to Star Wars canon as it exists now. I do my best not to directly contradict anything. Mm -hmm. But for example, while Castian was on Lamared, we had Jaron show up. And nobody called, I, I, I teased this and nobody called it out. But Jaron is Cassian from Rogue One. Now, I've, I read his Wikipedia entry extensively and it said he had done all sorts of spy stuff beforehand. Didn't say where exactly he was two years before the Battle of Yavin. So I was like, that means that he could have been on Lamoret and he could have had a run in with an Inquisitor. Right. And there's also like we were looking for Fulcrum. And I think I teased at some point um, Castian was hunting down Fulcrum because he believed Fulcrum was trying to track Inquisitors stealing Force-sensitive babies. Um, that was me just grabbing something from Rebels. But honestly, I love Legends a lot more than canon. But right now, and th there's a sweet spot between kind of between the Clone Wars uh, and the old movies where canon and expanded universe doesn't really go too far away from each other. But no, they they, they kind of mesh really well. It's after uh, Return of the Jedi that we get that we run into problems, which is why we didn't put this after Return of the Jedi. Here is one more from Part-Time Geek. Some of the shows almost seem to be a joint storytelling event. Was that planned or was it a natural byproduct of the style of playing? Yes. Really? <laughs> I didn't think it was planned. I, it, so it wasn't planned from the very beginning, but as I was saying about earlier about as a, a GM talking to your player about what they want to have happen, Billy would say, 
he wants to see Castian. Uh, for example, from season one, this is definitely something that came out as a, a joint planning, was the mining facility with the slavers. I think that came out because you said that you wanted to deal with Castian's past as a slave. And we definitely had, we used the flashbacks very heavily in season one, pulling from Arrow. So we were exploring it that way. But then I also knew that I wanted to show the repercussions of that in the the current time. So there was a lot of talk back and forth about what might happen if Castian were to be locked, essentially, in a room with a bunch of Trandoshan slavers. Right. And we didn't plan on the murder of the Trandoshans. But I did tell Angela. I, it was funny because I told her. It's like, if you really wanted them to poke and prod at Castian, not follow him, treat him. Like, if they started treating him poorly he would snap eventually. And the thing I was noticing when we were role-playing is they didn't really treat me poorly. They talked back a little bit, but I was nailing my command roles and they were following. It wasn't until the guy said, uh, you know, what what kind of, you know, filthy human or stupid humans, whatever. You said the same word that they used to describe me as a kid that I said, weak. weak. Yes, what kind of weak human? I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Angela, I'm just going to roll to see if I can, because I was like, that'd be really cool if I did attack this guy and choke him and then pull myself out of it. And no, I despaired. I'm like, okay, cool. I get to kill all of them. So that was really fun. That was also me stacking the deck in my favor because I was like, oh yeah, this would be a great time for you to roll a despair. Let's up the difficulty here. Yeah, you did. I really botched that roll. We always talked about what we planned, but I think what maybe past time, a part-time geek is talking about, you occasionally you'll let me start doing the narration. And it almost seems seamless where you just kind of point to me and I'll start going up. I think that started during the, after the first kind of adventure. And afterwards, Angela's like, it's okay for you to take control sometime. As long as you're not taking the wheel completely, it's okay if I hand it over to you. But I felt really kind of intimidated and it was really, Angela really eased me into doing it. And that was really cool because I think we've gotten a lot of cool ideas when we mix things up. But I know I didn't really want, I didn't want to come off as I'm taking over Angela's stick. Stick. She has a plan. I should stick to it. But it's really nice that we can trust each other where she knows what she wants to get done and she knows what freedoms I'm allowed to do. Now there's been occasionally, and we've cut once or twice where this has happened, where I will say, Oh, wouldn't it be great? And I'll start narrating something and Angela will be like, Hey, no, 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 we can't do that. And I'll stop immediately and we'll try something else. But that's only happened like once or twice. But I would say this is also part of my greater GMing style. Think about end of the world, especially. Absolutely. Where I am a huge fan of just turning the game over to my players and I sit back and I watch what everybody does. It's probably a little less obvious at end of the world because there's four people going mm-hmm. around. But there, there's been lots of times where somebody would say, oh, wouldn't it be awful if, and I'm like, yes, that would be awful. Or, hey, let's go to White Castle. And you're like, well, that wasn't planned, but let's do this. Oh, gosh, yeah, White Castle was totally, totally out of the blue. But we did it. That was all part-time geeks questions. Great questions there. Thank you so much. We got two more questions, and the first one's from Rusted Nightling. How much of each each adventure do you have influence over before the session starts? Like, do you have a sort of framework of what is coming in some episodes? Or are you reaction in addition? Or I can't get this last part. Or do you just improv completely? Yeah, I think like we just said, 
a lot of the stuff we do is improv, but Angela will give me a framework sometimes. Nothing too crazy. I think the last big framework was when I went to Alderaan. She told me like, hey, it was kind of like more of a GM, just what my character would know. These are the three days and what are going to happen. You're going to do a ball. You're going to do the civil community service thing. You're going to have a festival afterwards. Those are what's going to happen. And you need to you need to complete your mission before that. It's not much of a framework, but it, it kind of got me prepared of like, okay, this is what Cassian's going to deal with. Uh, Dathomir, I have, I, have known, I have no idea what the hell's going on. That worm thing was really weird, but I loved it. And then Lamoride, it was kind of in the middle. Yeah, in the middle. Because again, that, that came from an idea of of Casty and wanting to go home, Billy wanting to explore home. And I was like, okay, here's some fun stuff I could do. And so there was a framework for the beginning where I let you know, it's like you should be trying to get to the doctor. And uh, the the conjunction was like, hey, did you know this happens? And I'm like, we need to do this. Oh, yeah. So all right. So there's two things. There's two things that I've I've told you about because the conjunction comes up because as I was telling Castian, okay, let's get you to this doctor. She might be able to help you. Or Castian would think that she'd be able to help you. Billy was saying, oh, there should be some kind of way to keep him stranded on the planet. Some kind of atmospheric disturbance. So again, I was on Wikipedia and I was looking up this planet and they described this conjunction. And it is absolutely canon from whatever random odd source book this book originally appeared in. I think it's an adventure module. That, like, this is from an adventure module from the old, maybe the West, uh, Western games. Uh, I don't know. But it, it is a role-playing game that we got it from. And there's a conjunction of two planets. And it causes communication blackouts throughout the system. And I'm like, Boom. And I will be honest, as soon as Angela told me about this, I was thinking, and I was like, if we run away, that'd be so cool if I have to fly between the planets. So I kept that in my breast pocket the entire time. So when we were having a space battle, I'm like, fly through it. And I remember Angela kind of leaning forward saying, do you think that's even possible? And I was like, I never tell me the odds. And she's like, okay, whatever. This is awesome. So that was fun. That's kind of the closest we come to frameworking it. So I would say about 70%, 80% is improv, but we usually, I usually go in with maybe a skeletal or a bone fragment or two of what's going to happen. We definitely work together on the flashback, though. Oh, yes. Yeah, flashbacks, they're not scripted, but it's a combination of making sure that Billy gets out of it what he wants to reveal about his character, as well as I try to foreshadow something that's Mm -hmm. going to happen in the episode. So that also can give Billy a little bit of a framework hint where, for example, again, on Lamoret, I think we talked through that flashback a lot where we wanted to introduce somebody, we, we wanted to introduce another kid in the hospital and the possibilities of Castian's moral code and where did it come from or the lack thereof. Listen, he thought it was possible that their, her mom <laughs> and dad reformed. So that one we talked about a lot and that also could have given Billy some ideas, even if it was subliminal of what themes were going to be explored, in addition to it being Life Day. Billy also knew going in that it was going to be the Life Day episode. Yes, because Life Day rocks! Okay, Fairy Stale, always love you, man. Uh, We have a question from you, and it's going to be the last one. I'm curious, what are you guys planning to do in Season 3? If not, what's the plan for when Star Wars Solo Shot ends? So we have two kind of questions there. I say we answer the first one, then we'll answer the second one. So the first one, I'd say, what's the plans for episode three? Um, 
musical episode, probably a dance prelude. <laughs> no, we're not going to tell you. It really depends on what happens with Castian. Mm-hmm. For me, my hopes we've not planned it is it might be Castian going off to try to become a, a light sider or even a Jedi. I don't know if that's what he'll be. He might go back to being a bounty hunter. He might join the rebellion. I don't know. We haven't planned. I, I definitely, so all I can say about season three, because honestly, I'm still piecing together exactly what I want to have happen in the back half of season two. But I like how so far we've really been exploring Castian in different environments. So season one was about how does he fit in to the Inquisition. Obviously, not very well by the end of it. So, season two Good has... Good people on both sides. <laughs> so, season two has been about Castian really digging into himself. And so, he, he didn't fit into the Inquisition. So, season two is a lot of Castian discovering things about himself. Sometimes spurred on by drugs... Sometimes spurred on by a virgins in the force and having to confront a hated enemy and his worst fears. So once we wrap up and hopefully by the end of season two, Castian has a slightly better idea of who he wants to be. Season one was about the Empire said, this is who you are. And Castian's like, nope. So season two is figuring out, well, then who am I? And season three is going to be acting upon that whether he acts upon it because he agrees and thinks, yes, this is in fact who I should be, or he, you know, says he rejects it. You know, maybe he gets some sort of vision that says you should go found a Jedi temple. Castia might say, no, F that. Are you sure? Madonin. I, (laughs) no, no. Because you said that I'm going to eat a steak. Okay. And the second one is like, so say we go on, Six seasons in the movie for a solo shot. What happens afterwards? I have no idea. I have no idea. I I suppose what I would I think would be fun, and this would be require me not to be scared of GMing anymore, <laughs> is I would probably pick up I would probably take over and we would do a game. I would GM, Angela would be a character, and we'd focus on her. And there's a couple games that we've talked about. Like, we could go back and try that Hex game of mine, though I think that might have already gone. That might have soured and sailed away. Um, we could always do Demon of the Fallen. Angela, you could be a redeemed demon. But it would, I guess my idea would be a new setting completely, not, unless Angela really wanted to keep of Star Wars, which it's a great community. I understand why. Um, but the overall, I'd want to be a GM and Angela would be the character. Sounds fun. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's let's move right on to that then. <laughs> no. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I think that's all the questions we have right now. I'm sorry, Kevin Smith, we didn't get to you, but um, thank thank you for coming out and sitting at our table. Uh, so, I want to thank everybody who's listening to the solo shot. Listen to Angela. Listen to me. Who's drawn pictures? Maya. We love every picture you've drawn of us so far. Thank you so much. Uh, people who've shared their comments. You've been great. It really makes it possible for us to keep on going when we get your support, uh, even if it's just a quick pat on the head. So thank you. So here's where I do some additional plugging and shilling for different ways that you can support us. First of all, there's the Patreon, as we mentioned. And if you don't already, 
for free, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook as Fandable. We're on Instagram. On Twitter, of course, we're not only Fandable, but we're also at Solo Shot Podcast. So you can follow for all of our Star Wars musings 24-7. Reviews are the lifeblood of any podcast. So please, if you are enjoying the Solo Shot or any element of Fandable, hop on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave a review for us. And finally, if you are in the Northeastern United States later this month, yes, because it's February by the time this is posted, later this month, Billy and I are going to be at the Dreamation Convention. It's a double exposure event. We love double exposure conventions. It's in Morristown, New Jersey at the end of February. So if you are going to be in the area, let us know in the comments or on Twitter or on Discord, and maybe we will hang out. Yes, you would love to hang out with Castian, right? This is Billy. And this is Angela. And we're saying, may May the the force force be be with with you. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot Star Wars Force and Destiny. Please follow Solo Shot Podcast and Fandible on Twitter, and please share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandible on iTunes or your podchaser of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to make a donation to help keep our equipment up and running. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.